0: Hello, I'm Tim Golden
1: And I'm Jason Hall
0: And welcome to the Motown Philly Podcast Episode 9, you know what that means That means next week is episode 10 And once we hit double digits, the next stop is 100 Once we hit 100, the next stop is 1,000 Once we hit 1,000, the next stop is 10,000 but we do it 90 years old. That's right. We do it one episode at a time. So welcome to episode nine of the Motown Philly podcast. As you just heard, I'm Tim Golden along with my esteemed co-host, the intelligent, handsome. Jason Hall, and we are fortunate to be with you here today on episode nine. I just want to take a moment, and I'm sure Jason will echo me, to thank those of you that are listening, that are downloading, those of you who are making us part of your lives as you cook, as you clean, as you run errands, as you're out with the kids, as you're going about your daily lives. We are thankful that you are bringing us into your life in that small way. We count that as a privilege, and we are humbled and honored that you are downloading, that you're sharing, and that you are interested in what it is we have to say. So Jason, how are you feeling about all the love we're getting here at Motown Philly?
1: Yo, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy. Thank you for the kind words initially. Uh, uh, sometimes I have to look in the mirror just to check if if I'm still handsome or not as I as I as I grow <laughs> as I grow in age. But uh listen, I, I'm I'm happy about what we're doing with this podcast. We are on episode nine, about to be on 10. And if you haven't noticed yet, you're like we're counting this podcast in exponential, um, in exponential like numbers and figures because we just see ourselves. This is so this is so natural for us to get on here and to talk and hopefully that uh and and make headways if you will uh inside of ourselves and that it resonates with you guys and it's making headwaves to kind of figure out conversations uh uh, different ideologies when it comes to relationships and communication that's what that's what this whole thing is about how do we communicate better and we know that we can become better communicators that we can make deeper connections with those who are around us, so that we can have stronger communities. I mean, that's who we're about. Tim, of course, being originally from Mot from from Philly, and me being from Michigan, Detroit area, Motown. That's why we call ourselves Motown Philly. We're ex- we're really excited about today today's episode, and we can't wait to hop in. We're gonna have a little twist on what we do normally, but. Tim can kind of bring us in to, to, to what we will, will talk about today.
0: That's right, Jason. So today we are tickled pink because we have our first guest with us today. This is not a live guest on our podcast. This is a recorded guest. And it is none other than the incomparable multi-award winning actress, Viola Davis. No, neither one of us know Viola Davis personally. No, she's not here with us live. But we do think it is wise for us to partake of some things that she's had to say recently about what just so happens to be the next subject of our podcast for at least this week and probably next week, too which is the subject of belonging. We're interested in belonging Mm -hmm. and communication. Mm -hmm. And so without further ado, I I want to turn this over to Jason to sort of introduce the audio clip of the great Viola Davis and tell us a little bit more about what she's going to say And then we're going to listen to it, and Jason and I are going to start our conversation. But again, stay tuned for this week—this week for sure, and probably next week too—where we're going to talk about the subject of belonging and communication. Belonging and communication. Jason, take it away.
1: So I was listening to—I watch a lot of media because I'm a communicator, and I love to—to truly understand how conversations go. And if you guys who are listening are not aware of this one particular um, YouTube channel where they eat hot wings, um, various celebrities, famous people, um, athletes or whatever, they come on this show and this guy does an interview, I forgot his name, but he does an interview with these individuals while eating hot wings. And Viola was on this particular week, this particular uh, recording session, and she, I, I watched it from the beginning to the end, and she said something that I knew that would resonate with Tim and I, and that will continue to spark a conversation. I'm really excited about this conversation today because it's a conversation that Tim and I are going to try to allow to be as organic as possible. Now we do have constructs or have our different um, content pillars, if you will, to talk through. And that's why Tim said this might go into next, this might be a part two based on what we want to share. But I believe this particular, um, this particular conversation with Viola will, will spark something um, in us that we will have a, a, a pretty good conversation about Uh, listen listen to Viola on what she thinks about what belonging is to her
2: I just feel like our whole journey in our life is becoming our ideal selves you know we get stripped away as we go along the journey where it's like I've gotten to the point in my life it's like I've been sold a bill of goods you know That really, at the end of the day, you come into this world, you are absolutely who you are, and your parents come along and they try to imprint themselves on you, your friends, society, you know, this is a school you have to go to, this is how pretty you have to look, this is what you have to wear. And I think somewhere along the line is a voice deep within you that tells you exactly who you are. You just have to have the courage to do that. That's what the journey of the hero is all about. You know, you're born into a world where you don't fit in. And then you answer the call to adventure and you deny the call. And then at one point you then set out on your path, all right? And you slay dragons, you do all of that. And then at some point you come face to face with not a God, but yourself, okay? And somewhere along the line, and you get it, your aha moment, your elixir, and you go back to your ordinary world and you share it with others. And I think that's the journey. And I think that's the privilege of being absolutely who you are, belonging to yourself, and being brave.
1: That's it. That's it. I, I, what resonates with me, Tim? Let me just say this. Is the belonging to yourself? She said a lot of stuff, and I think that's what we're gonna kind of unpack, and that's gonna be fun, I believe. But I think the belonging to yourself really resonates with me because one of the things that I love to do as a communication skills coach, as I get with my clients and/or students, and I talk to them, and when I one of our first sessions together is the understanding of self, and I, I love to concentrate there because it really helps ground me along with them, helps to ground them, that's the true purpose of what we do, of knowing who we are. And when you have, I believe this, when you truly have an understanding of who you are, then you can start moving in a, in a very peaceful way with, and that peace is within. I'm not saying your life things around you might be crazy but because you know yourself you're not you're not being pulled here or there or everywhere you you move with intentionality because you know where you you know yourself and you know where you belong you get to belong to you first because a lot of times we attach ourselves to trying to be this or trying to be that or trying to be like her or trying to be like him when we understand that we belong to ourselves first We try to be like ourselves mostly and that should be our intention as we move forward in each and every day. So I say all this, what do you think about what she said?
0: I think what she said is very powerful. It's very profound. You and I have said in recent episodes that you are as a communicator, often in situations in which you must communicate with yourself before you communicate with others. And I want to fix my attention on the relationship between what she said about belonging to yourself and what it means to communicate with yourself based on that notion of belonging. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. what we say and how we communicate will depend upon who we are and where it is we belong what we're going to come to Mm, in what will likely be part two of this conversation in episode 10 is the reality that how we communicate and connect and establish community with others depends in part upon where we are situated And is there a difference between where we are and where we belong? When you are someplace where you do not belong, for example, Mm -hmm. if I came home today and there was a stranger sitting in my living room watching TV, I would communicate with that person very different than I would if I saw that person when I was walking out of the Walgreens.
1: Right, right
0: because they are in a different place that is gonna provoke a different reaction from me because they do not belong in my house. Right. Right? <laughs> they don't belong in my house. No. They belong somewhere else. So the way I'm gonna to speak to you depends on whether or not you are where we belong and what are the implications of that for ourselves. Right. How do we speak to ourselves? How do we communicate and establish connection with ourselves unless we know where we belong? And unless we belong, unless we know that we belong to ourselves and what that belonging implies. Because if we don't know that, then we're like a ship without a sail. We'll do what our parents tell us, we'll do what society tells us. We may even do what our spouse tells us. We'll do everything except what we tell us because we're not telling ourselves anything because we don't really know where we belong.
1: So wait, 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 wait. let's, 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 let's make this plain to those who are listening because there's a lot of belongings being thrown out here. And we don't want anybody to be confused about where, where Tim and I are going with belonging. We want you to follow along. So this is what I'm hearing, Tim. There are, Two main types of belongings that we could we could approach this as. There is the per there is a belonging or me as an individual understanding how and in what way do I belong to myself. Let's just kind of couch it like that. And or, as you mentioned, if a stranger showed up in my house, and sat down, as if they live there, there is a perceived, if you will, belonging, or an even an actual belonging, depends on, depends on who's, who's looking at it, It depends on, on which side of the boat you're from. I don't know if the person who's sitting down in your house, squatting, whatever, eating your, like, who knows, like, there is a reality to that, it's your place. But, Clearly, there's there is a and was a disconnect or a perceived disconnect for that individual to feel like they can post up in your place. So there is a a physical element to belonging that goes with perception, which is which can be a very abstract way to to kind of think about it. But my point is there two there can be and are two different types very distinctive types of what you and I are considering to be the subject matter of belonging so here's the thing guys this is a, this topic and that's why we say it might have two parts it's just a word belonging but it's not just a word like this word can be cultural like it can be individual it can be group and and, and or corporate if you will as far as more than more than one and it's like how do we tackle this this has been Tim and I's conversation like yo how we tackle this and it has been my my idea if you will to think that Tim do you think we could tackle this from an aspect of starting with the self first and then branching out to what is outside of the self with is which is the a social aspect or a cultural aspect, or even in in the eyes of what is community,
0: or a political aspect.
1: see, there we right. go. Guys, so, this could be so you problems. can
0: you can go down that road. So, I I like what you're saying, and and so let's let's stay with the individual for now. Let's stay with what it means to belong to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Viola Davis talks about all of the various influences on us that can prevent us from becoming our authentic selves. Or, mm-hmm. I should say, not from becoming our authentic selves, but from from realizing who we really are and and where we belong and how we
1: belong. And you had right? some pushback to that too, didn't you? A little on, on well, that, talk to I, I did. Us about that.
0: Only because I, I'm a I'm a little leery. Sometimes I think in our contemporary social cultural conversation, in our in our in our discussion of the self, we have a tendency to think that the self exists apart from others, but it never does. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of her remarks, when she said, Your your parents tell you this, your parents tell you that. I caught the spirit of what she was saying. But if we look, and so I don't I don't want to say that I disagree with her, Definitely. because I do agree with the mm-hmm. spirit of what she says. But if we take what she says in a more almost a literal way, we are we come into the world belonging to someone else. Yeah. I.e. our parents. Mm-hmm. And so I came into the world belonging to my mother and father and belonging to the Golden Family. And family is a source of belonging that we benefit from long before we know anything about ourselves. Mm -hmm. When we need to have our diapers changed, when we need to be fed and burped in our infancy, we belong to others and it's because others have fulfilled their responsibilities as caregivers that we are able to become ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. I, I want us to keep in mind that as much as true as it is, as as true as what Viola, Viola Davis said actually is, and I do think it is true, that there is never a time when we do not bear the imprint of, at the very least, our biological parents, from whom we share DNA. No one comes into the world a self that's a tabula rasa, or a blank slate. We come Mm. imprinted by others, and we come belonging to others, but we don't stay that way. And that's the way I understood Viola Davis to, that's the point, that the larger point that I understood her to be making, which is that we may be born to others, we may belong to others, but that at some point, we become emancipated from others, and become responsible for ourselves and that is the journey I think she was talking about
1: yeah I think I think it's I think that is clear um and I when it comes to our own our own life journey or the life journey of those who are like under the sound of our voice like One, imagine, because I believe totally what you said. We come into this world before we even understand what belonging is, we already are belonging to someone, whether it's the immediate family. And if you have a rich family roots, you could, the family, although it might, you have a nuclear family, you also might understand a broader macro view to the family that you're born into. If you and I were born, Into the Rockefeller family, or if we were born, like you will have a a more sense of generational this or that. Um, but the point is, before we know who we who we are, we are already belonging to something. And here's my thought to that. I think what she's identifying and is what you and I have identified in our whole life journey is this some is something that we've talked about often before. And it's a sense of awareness. I don't think we get to belonging, especially understanding belonging that Viola was talking about, unless we start growing into an awareness um, that we didn't have when we were young. Like when we were getting changed by our parents, we, we knew not of what to do with our own bodily waste. Hence, we had to wear we had to wear diapers and be changed until we became more in an awareness. And here's the thing, when I believe this, as we grow um, into adults, a lot of times there could be a desensitization of the self and that belonging, if you will, the heritage, if you will, sometimes that could be a traditional stronghold and we don't get to see ourselves properly independently but healthy as to who that who we are as an individual and who we are in relation to the community that raised us. What do you think? I think that's right. I think rather than, and I think what Viola
0: Davis, if we could just expound on what she's saying, the trick, the dirty little secret, right, is uh-huh. how do we on one how are we on one hand born into belonging, and mm-hmm. then how do we figure out a way to reproduce the care that was shown to us in the way that we care for ourselves? Wow. In other words, how do we take from the familial examples of father and mother who changed our diapers and who comforted us when we were afraid and who affirmed our identity by telling us that we were members of the family. How do we go from that to being an emancipated adult and showing that same level of care, not the same type of care, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the same level of care to ourselves.
1: That's deep, that's deep, Tim. Uh, it's...
0: Because we, we ultimately, I think father and mother give us these wonderful examples of belonging and care so that we can reproduce them on ourselves and then share our authentic selves with the world. This is what Viola Davis, I think, is talking about, Jason.
1: Here's my, beautiful, here's my thought to that, very good. That is the trick, if you will. Like, that is the dirty secret, because we get shown this amazing love and care. Here's a catch, whether we are aware of it or not, And and here's a point. If, as I grow kids of my own, I understand more and more, and hopefully they do too, as I begin to share with them, their awareness level has to be pruned, has to be nurtured, has to be opened up, has has to be taught to understand, like you have to understand there is a loving care that nurtures you, that wants you to unfold and blossom like a flower. Because you can go into your mid-20s, 30s, and or 40s not truly having the capacity to be aware of who you are and your ability to care for yourself in healthy ways. So the, the dirty trick is the secret of not just giving you parental care. I gave you parental care. I think my kids both know that they were changed by their mother and their father on a daily basis and and cared for, which have allowed them to be the ages that they are, cared for in the most healthy and sane way possible. But that doesn't that doesn't equate, that doesn't also equate like, wow, they cared for me in these ways. Let me start learning to care for myself in similar ways, not like, not literally, but as far as concern for myself, nurturing of my own self as what you were, I believe you were kind of bringing out. And we can go, a lot of us can go through our adolescence onto early adulthood, having great parental care, but really not knowing understanding, being aware of how to really care for ourselves. And I think what we're saying is not just an exterior point of view, hello, somebody, but an, in, an, an intrinsic or interior point of view of how do I care for what's going on inside of me? How do I process these emotions? What do I do? What decisions do I make based on what the feedback I'm getting from the outside. It's very good, Tim. That is very good. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the next question I'm thinking of is: what are the indicia of belonging? And how do I make sure that every indicia of belonging that I experienced is reproduced in my relationship with myself? So as children, we know that we belong when the following things happen. When we are, when people pay attention to us, we know we belong. Mm-hmm. When our opinions are valued, we know that we belong. Mm-hmm. When we have a need, And that need is fulfilled, we know that we belong. When we need comfort, I'm just talking about a specific need here now. Mm -hmm. If we need comfort or if we need food or if we need clean clothing, those needs are satisfied. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good indication that I belong as good as our parents or families may have been in showing us that we belong, we might not be similarly as effective in treating ourselves with that same care. Mm -hmm. So how many of us have needs that we ignore? How many of us fail to comfort ourselves when we need it? How many of us fail to give ourselves attention when we need it. And so I think that if we're going to belong to ourselves, because that's what Viola seemed to be saying, if we're going to belong to ourselves, we have to see ourselves as worthy of that belonging long enough to treat ourselves with all the indicators, that we belong to ourselves that have been shown to us in the example of our parents or our family
1: I think I, I think first of all I, I believe you're right but I think that's I think that is that is not as intuitive I just believe that and I just and I just do you can, we can talk about this I don't think is as intuitive as we might be speaking about it or as as one might think it might it's i don't think it's something like one one of those indicia that you mentioned and that's a new word the only reason why i know what it is for me right now because i I learned what it was in context and what you were saying one of one of the one of the for those of you guys are listening that's tim golden tim golden at his finest listen um when it comes to one of the things that you that that I didn't hear you say that I believe you would you would give me the the thumbs up to is learning what reciprocity is what is a fair give and take in relationship like that's one of the many that that what you spoke about but I I guess the point is I think we experience things and let's let's be honest all all of our families are not healthy but let's because We're in them. First of all, let's start. Let's start there. There, I think there's levels to it. Always, Um, I think the nurture and care that we get, as much as our parents did change our diapers, um, maybe a lot of us can say that they pulled that off well. (laughs) But there's other aspects of what might have happened in our homes that didn't lend itself to. um, And our parents. This is not a knock on our parents. For any family members listening. Um, I don't think, I think they did the best to, to, to their ability of the resources and the capacity that they have. But the point is this, like, I don't think that that we, uh, even though there was a, a lot of healthy things that happened along with things that were not so healthy, I don't think that we still learned intuitively the blueprint, the, the, the blueprint of, of being well to ourselves or learning what belonging is or understanding what healthy relationship should be like so that we can treat ourselves in a healthy manner. Like, I think, I don't know, I almost think that there needs to be a class, if you will, and that class can come from healthy parents, current parentals, along with examples, like there, are, there needs to be conversation, bro. Let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just be plain. And it needs to be broken down to ourselves and of course to our kids and rearing so that we can better come into that understanding of belonging to me, belonging to self, getting to that self-actualization, if you will, or that awareness factor where we truly understand I am treating myself, this is how I treat, it's not just me experiencing it. Because you might, as a kid or adolescent growing up through life, we just take things for granted. Our awareness is just low. And we just think like, this is how life's supposed to be. But my point is, with intentional conversation about the things that sounds and smells and feels like health, those are the things that we need to help to talk about to our children so that they can truly understand who they are and who they belong to. Like, I need to have more conversations with my son and my daughter.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think belonging
0: involves trust. Mm. Children trust their parents almost implicitly without asking you pick up your baby and you just carry your baby and the baby doesn't know as they say in memphis you know bless their little heart baby don't know nothing baby (laughs) just going along with mom and daddy that's all baby doing and there's a there's a trust that is beautiful to behold when you see a, a a baby sort of lovingly raising their arms to be picked up by their father or their mother, and and I'm wondering if in belonging to ourselves, that means we have to have a certain level of implicit trust in ourselves. That uh, means, I will, yeah, that we have to be able to say, "I am who I am. this is who I am, according to Viola Davis. I've gone through the journey, I've discovered myself, despite coming into the world, not being fully aware of who I am and having to work through layers of societal and cultural expectations, eventually getting to a place where I come out, I know myself, I slay some dragons, I achieve some victories, and then I come back to my everyday life, and that's the me that I share with the world. Once I can do that, I think the ability to do that involves the ability to trust oneself, which means learning to trust your intuition, which means having a healthy enough self-esteem not to second guess yourself, which means a mode of communication, connection and community with self that is healthy enough to facilitate that kind of trust and to honestly say, I have no problem belonging to me because I am enough, I am good enough and I love me enough to the point where I'm going to care for myself the way that my parents have cared for me.
1: True. I just think what we're talking about is hopefully an individual who's striving to not just know his outer, his or her outer exterior and who, how they value themselves to the world um, or how the world, sorry, how the world values them. It's the person who's truly interested and who they are, and that they are valuable to the world, whether someone validates them or not, it is their ability to truly grow through a maturation process. Because as we grow um, externally or physically, we get to see the features of how we mature throughout life. Those things are not always as obvious when you're talking about the internal or the self as you like to call it and i think that the inner self has to be it doesn't just happen extemporaneously it just doesn't happen in an impromptu way my i just contend that that belonging or learning to belong with yourself isn't normally completed by the time someone reaches 18 by the time someone reaches 21 oh, 25 even no. or even 33
0: you might not fully come to the point that viola davis talked about until you get to be 50 Mercy. <laughs> or you might come to it in your 20s and you might be afraid of it mm-hmm. and then you sort of recoil and mm-hmm. then you might come back to it so I agree, this is not a linear process, right? Yeah, it yeah. is, it's, this is a, this is very much an unpredictable, Mercy. experiential, mm-hmm. stumble and fall, mm-hmm. get back up again, dust yourself off again, get afraid again, mm-hmm. recoil, mm-hmm. go back and cling to something inauthentic for another decade
1: Mercy. or 12
0: <laughs> years. And then finally go through enough to say, well, enough is enough. And then even then we recoil from ourselves because here's the thing, Jason, mm-hmm. what we are, and I'm learning this for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. talking, this, this statement is about me. I'm, I'm gonna just open myself up and be real
1: vulnerable here. Go for it. That's what we're what about. What
0: we're really afraid of is not failure. We are afraid of success. Wow. That's what really scares us. Wow. Sometimes I find myself being a little bit nervous about my life and I struggle and I think to myself, should I really be doing this despite telling myself every day when I wake up that I'm a philosopher, I'm a lawyer, I'm an actor. These are the things that I do. This is not just a career. These aren't careers. These are callings. I have a spiritual dimension that believes God has called me to do that. No matter how many times I tell myself that, some days I wake up and I'm talking about this morning Mm -hmm. and the thought of the day and the future and oh my gosh, what's going to happen, it's overwhelming to me. Wow. Wow. And so, even when you get to the point where you just are on the brink of becoming who you are. You are confronted with the demons of doubt, with the demons of despair, with the sense of, oh my goodness, you know, what is really going to happen in my life? And you have to tell yourself, well, you know what, Tim, you just might be successful, buddy. <laughs> Things just might work out for you. You just might have the life you've always wanted if you stick with this. And I think that's what really scares us. And that's what is so powerful about Viola Davis is that what she said is that the process that she described is a sputtering stop-start process where
1: you might get to the end and have to
0: go back and start all over
1: again. Let me stop you right there. And this is an obvious question. And, and, I, don't want, and I, don't want, I don't want your answer to be like, yeah, it's just a journey, because it is but this, why, why do, why do you, for example, you last week, you went in, in probably all the environments of what you do as a skilled professional, and you slay the dragon, like you were a speaker, you, 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 you went before different crowds and, and, and gave talks, and you, you did your lecture, and you, who knows? You probably did the Supreme Court or the district. Like who? But the point is, you were just you were on the mountain top last week, as far as at your professional apex. By the way, Tim writes books and and all the, all other types of things that 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 are hundreds of pages long. Um, how does how? Why do we have that battle against our? belonging and knowing who we are so often. Yeah.
0: I can tell you why I have the battle. I can't speak for everyone. The answer to this question may may differ from one person, will likely differ from one person to the next. Uh, deep down inside, there's a difference between, for me, there's a difference between uh, belonging to myself and treating myself like I belong. Mm. And the struggle I'm in right now is bridging that gap mm. is and that involves the continuing work of self-esteem. That is to say, the continuing work of saying you belong to yourself, Tim, and you have to trust yourself and you have to trust that you will be successful because this is what, like I don't have anything else to do in terms of career or anything like that. So one of my challenges as an actor, if I could just borrow from acting to give an illustration, is that sometimes my acting teachers and my directors and people, my mentors have said to me is Tim, Once you've learned your lines and you get into the space of acting and you're on stage, you just have to trust yourself that you have done the work. Mm. And that's one of the things that really makes an actor just be able to live in the moment and just be, right? The great actors, Anthony Hopkins, Denzel Washington, the incomparable Viola Davis. Right. By the way, if you haven't seen her in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on Netflix, see it. She's incredible. Hilted. She is with our, hands down one of the greatest artistic performers of our time. Hilted. When you see an, an, a a performer of her caliber in character, she is completely trusting herself as a performer, because she knows that she has done the work. And for some reason, for me, that's the last frontier is being able to say, you know what, Tim? You've done the work. Just trust that you are where you what? Belong. Mm. That I am where I belong and that I belong to me. Mm. And that I have to take care of me and part of taking care of me means trusting me long enough to say, I've done the work. This is who I am. I'm not gonna wake up tomorrow morning fretting over the future. You know why? Because I'm living in the moment.
1: True, true. I, I think it's really important when you when you touch on trusting, trusting me. And when you talk about the rearing ages or the adolescent or even, um, you know, toddler, infant, like to develop a sense of trust in ourselves, I think that has to, no, I believe that has to come from a stable environment. Like if you're an unstable, if if you're potentially in an unstable environment or let's call it an unhealthy environment, one would tend to have decreased trust and not just themselves, well, let's start with, it's it's the belonging part, like, forget the idea of you yet knowing that you belong to yourself, because you're still developing, what you do understand, if those things that are outside of you aren't really stable, hence, aren't really trusting, right, right, and as you grow to be uh to to mature as an adolescent even even into young adulthood and so far so on like you have been you have been um for lack of a better word like cauterized you have been like your foundation of who you are has been unstable therefore unst- instability like breeds distrust like you don't know what's solid what's sure what's what will all what will be there versus what won't be there you won't you don't understand what consistency looks like so imagine one growing up in that type of environment and then having to having to draw from the need of trust in order to understand what belonging really is because my life has been unstable go for it So so what you're saying, Jason,
0: is that complicating Viola Davis's articulation of belonging to oneself, which you and I both agree is ultimately accurate, Mm -hmm. are a variety of relational dysfunctions that can retard that process, Mm -hmm. that can set us back. Suppose you have a great childhood, but then you have a bad marriage Mm -hmm. and the marriage sets you back or you Mm -hmm. have a bad romantic relationship and there's abuse, either physical or emotional, psychological abuse Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. eviscerates your self-esteem that cuts back on your sense of who you are. Anything that disturbs your sense of self will inevitably prevent you from being confident enough to even begin the journey of belonging to yourself, let alone trusting yourself in a manner in which is worthy of saying that you belong to who you really are. So I think your point that you just made is that when we have these other relational dysfunctions that may set us back years. I can speak, I can be, I'll be vulnerable again. That happened to me. Yeah. I, had, I, had, I had several relationships in my life that prevented me from fellowship with me mm. in a healthy way. And whether it was a childhood relationship with an older sibling, or a marriage relationship that was emotionally abusive, I found myself in a variety of relationships that have set me back on that process so far that now, today, I may be chronologically much older, but emotionally and psychologically in terms of my journey of belonging, I'm only about seven years old.
1: Wow. Wow, no, right I get
0: that. So I the journey in some ways for me is is just beginning because and this this is this goes to Viola Davis's point, which is you have societal expectations, you have cultural expectations, you have dysfunctional relationships, you have a variety of obstacles that you have to overcome, all of which prevent you from being who you were made to be. And in that process prevents you from even trusting yourself enough because most emotional abuse victims will tell you that the emotional abuse so undermines their sense of who they are that they become unable to trust themselves and they're unable to make decisions. Yes. And, and, And that is something you and I have both been advocates for this. This is why we here at Motown Philly, talk about the importance of therapy. Yep. Because it's therapy that will help us uncover and discover, uncover the problems and discover who we really are and give us the tools to be able to get to the point where we can say, I belong to me and I trust me long enough to give myself the kind of love, attention and care that belonging requires and and I'm going to trust me long enough to make that happen. So this is a very messy process. Being a human being, Jason, is very messy. It
1: is. It is. It is. I, I want you guys to hear, to understand this. As Tim said, he is maybe seven years old in this journey of understanding belonging. Though It doesn't necessarily equate to like Tim is has an emotion like he's emotionally seven years old, or his ability to to learn, of course, and comprehend things from an emotional standpoint of being a man or a human is at seven it's It is truly I think there is something to say when one's eyes become open and the awareness um, factor falls on you you can truly say that you've began or you've begun this level of awareness of first finding who you are. And that could be at any age, like you were able to be independent and and responsible in these other areas. But I think there's a higher level of, I believe, altruistic um, self-actualization of actually starting to understand. And here's a point. The sooner you can do that, the better you are, the the better you are um, as a human being trying to function in this dysfunctional world and to make sure that you are walking in very healthy steps, like the sooner that you can grasp that idea of saying, oh, I need to learn me first, or I need to start learning about me. And you're right, Tim. Sometimes that process doesn't start happening until you're 40 or 50 years old and it's an awakening for for the person who's like whoa where have i been and what have i been doing with myself or why didn't someone tell me this earlier so that i can be in a better state now but my point is i think it's you once you also find yourself on that journey, you also learn something about this word called gratitude or grace. Um, And when you start to understand, once you start to understand being grateful and and what gratitude really is, you can't really beat yourself up for not learning this at 21, right?
0: (laughs) Jason, that is so true. You, again, being a human being is such a messy endeavor.
1: Yeah. Totally. Which is
0: which is all the stuff we're talking about contributes to why people would rather not deal with themselves. Because it's a lot of work.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> it's so a lot true. of
2: work. So I mean, what, true.
0: What what is easier to do the kinds of things that we're talking about doing or to just remain in this pseudo-reality where we are continually driven and directed by the expectations of society, culture, family, friends, et cetera. It's much easier to go through life that way. It's much harder to go through life and say, who am I? What do I really want? And how can I trust myself enough to care for me the way others have cared for me so that I can be who I need to be for others
1: yes yes it's 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 a sticky process because I think there are two groups of people there are people who yes like you said do realize that realize and understand like that is a hard job to do and to to start checking in with myself takes work and I don't want I I'm choosing not to undergo that work because I'm confronted with it, and I'm saying no, and then, and I think this is where maybe I fall off, you know, fell in line with. I was unaware, like my awareness ability was just was just low in understanding the idea of what belonging is. I think maybe some people, like I said, I believe that there are two camps. There are some people that might be confronted with the self. And they said, that's too hard to dig into and to explore, to have hard conversations with myself and with others who could change, move the needle, if you will. So that's one camp. And then you have another camp that's like, they think, I don't know, maybe I thought, I, I would like to say, I didn't think I knew it all. I just didn't, I was just unaware of the ability to understand myself or to really know myself because at one, maybe I thought I knew myself, but I wasn't even close.
0: This is complicated, Jason. <laughs> this, is, this is so complicated. And what you just said, it remind, what we're talking about now reminds me of an episode of The Flintstones that I once saw. Uh-huh. And it was an episode that began with Fred Flintstone being rude to his wife, being rude to his best friend, friends Wilma and I'm sorry his best friends Barney and Betty and Betty. and his wife Wilma and Wilma got so angry with him that she went away to her mother's house for a few days and Betty and Barney had had their fill of him so they just shut him out for a few days and the great gazoo popped up And the Great Gazoo was this little green extraterrestrial creature juxtaposed nicely to the Stone Age of Fred Flintstone's world, who showed up and who said, Fred, he talked with a British accent. I don't know what that is. People sound smart when they talk with a British accent. But he said in his his British accent voice, Fred, you are going to have to live with yourself for the next several days and he waved his magic wand and Fred came home from work and everything that he did to his wife, he did to himself. He came home, he was hungry after a long day. He went in the fridge to get a brontosaurus burger and the last of the cactus juice and it was gone. And he came out and he said to himself, hey, where's the brontosaurus burger and the cactus juice? And Fred said, I just ate it and belched and wiped his mouth and said, boy, was it good. So all of the rude behavior, all, right. all of the lack of thoughtfulness, the, mm. the, the inconsiderate ways that he exhibited to others, he was now forced to confront all those things in himself. And by the end of the episode, Fred was begging the great Gazoo to come back and bring his wife back and bring his friends back so he could apologize to them. But most importantly, and here's the real takeaway, he wanted the great Gazoo to get rid of himself. Wow. And the story ends, the episode ends with Fred's double leaving. But the hard part, and this is is shout out to Philly's own Teddy Pendergrass, who Mm -hmm. made this great song called You Can't Hide From Yourself. And the lyrics are, you can't hide from yourself. I know I can't sing. Everywhere you go, there you are. And there is no great gazoo to take us away from ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge for Mm -hmm. us here at Motown Philly. And for those of you who are listening, you can't hide from yourself. Mm -mm. You're always going to be there. No matter where you go, there you are. Like Teddy Pendergrass said. So you might as well deal with it yeah. because it may be difficult, but in the end, I think it will make your life a lot better. And hey, Jason, what else are we about here at Motown Philly but helping our wonderful, amazing, sensitive, intelligent, thoughtful listeners mm-hmm. become the best versions of themselves?
1: Couldn't say it better myself. Once we get ourselves out the way, we get to have those great conversations with ourselves, which can affect great conversations with others so that we can create better connections and stronger communities, because that's what we do here.
0: That's what we do here. And just remember, once you get to the point where you belong to yourself, the trick is to try and stay there.
1: (laughs) True.
0: Oh, Stay there and don't go back. Trust yourself enough to belong to yourself. Because once you do that, then you can share a healthy version of you mm-hmm. with others and help them experience belonging and community. And Jason, I think we're going to have to pick up here next week. Double digits next week, y'all. Episode 10 next stop after 10 is 100 let's go jay
1: we in there y'all we in there listen we'd like to thank all of you guys for rocking with us through these 10 10 episodes our first 10 episodes we're super pumped amped excited and we're happy about the next 10 and the next 100 that we're about to do And we're just so grateful for you guys to to have hung out with us thus far in the community that we're growing. Next week, we're coming on with the part two of this topic, aren't we, Tim?
0: That's right, part two. And you're gonna be hearing a lot about how we communicate with others, depending upon whether or not they belong where they are.
1: (laughs) And who gets to say who belongs where somebody belongs? And and so we're going to
0: talk next week. We're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about belonging. We're going to talk about boundaries. And we're going to talk about barriers. Um, Don't miss it. The three B's next week belonging, boundaries, barriers, communicate, connect, community. That's Motown Philly. That's what we do. We love it. And we love you all. Thanks so much for listening and you will hear from us again next week on episode 10.
1: Love you guys. We out. Peace.